Welcome to In The Sixth Of It, Episode 4. We will be looking at the latest two ESFA information, documents, and also a look at the T-level consultation. Um, most of the time we'll be spent on T-level consultation because this is very, very important and something that you should be commenting on. We're looking at the ESFA updates for the 21st and 28th of November 2018. Uh, on the 21st of November, the update covered the first stages in the 2019-2020 allocation process. Um, basically just outlining where the data will come from for the funding factors and where your student numbers will come from. This is very much as expected. There are no changes to systems or processes there. Um, very importantly, if you have any high-needs learners who are going to be in your sixth form, the actual allocation numbers for high-needs learners will be published in December. So this is something you need to keep your eye out for and also be liaising with your local authority to ensure that any high-needs learners that are coming to you are identified as coming to you so that the funding comes your way. Bear in mind, each high-needs learner will bring an additional £6,000. This is a, quite a, a large sum of money and is certainly something that is not to be forgotten. Bear in mind this comes out in December and it's probably going to be mid to late December. Uh, it's something that you don't want to miss in the Christmas rush. As for the 28th of November update, um, the only thing of real importance there is the T-level consultation, which I will go to in quite a bit of detail uh, in the next section. So that's basically it. We're waiting for the next thing to come along. Um, in terms of the allocation process, I think we'll probably get some idea of the methodology used in calculating allocation toolkit towards the end of December. My guess is typically it will be sometime between the 18th and the 21st of December. So again, just in time for your Christmas dinner. Don't worry though. I'll be the one that's reading it over Christmas dinner and I'll be the one that's looking at stuff and trying to sort it out as we go along. Moving on to the T-level consultation, which is covered in the 28th of November uh, update from ESFA. The consultation runs until the 19th of February, so we have a little bit of time to look at that. Um, and I would encourage everybody to at least take a look at it, run through, and for each institution that is involved in or likely to be involved in T-levels, it's well worth passing some comments on this. I think the actual mechanism for dealing with the, the consultation uh, is quite awkward because effectively you have to begin the consultation process, answer the questions as you go along, and only as you begin answering the questions are the details of the consultation made available. So you haven't got a lot of time to reflect. Uh, so what I would recommend is you run through the consultation in a dummy format initially, and then don't submit your original answers, just come straight out of the system, and then when you realise and you've had time to reflect on what you are wanting to say, then go back and complete the, the survey a second time. So that's the way I would actually handle that side of things. So if you look at some of the things that are involved in the consultation, um, there's quite a, a lot of talk initially about funding bands, um, and the base of this is that the, the T levels are going to be much larger than the current study programmes. Um, but actually within the T levels, they will also vary in size. So what we have here 
is effectively the introduction of four new funding bands as we go forward because the, the whole idea is that the T levels will be actually within almost the existing approach to the funding formula. It will use a very, very similar type of formula. It will actually be bolted on. Um, and I'll talk about that to, towards the end. Uh, so in terms of T levels, we'll, we'll look at them being a two-year programme and they will be expressed in your return as a two-year programme. Um, however, there's no firm system of the T levels must be done this way in this year, that way in the other year, it's going to be the maximum flexibility. So although the programme will last two years and you'll be funded over two years, actually how you deliver it is up to yourself, which I think is very, very useful. Uh, and that is all about enabling flexible delivery. But the funding will be equally split. And the other interesting thing here is that there's going to be no reduction in funding for 18-year-olds. So rather than, as we have now under the traditional programmes, a 17.5% reduction when you reach 18, there will be no reduction for 18-year-olds. And that could be quite tactically important if you're looking at uh, developing a what you call a, a progression year in year 12 and then delivering T-levels in years 13 and 14. Uh, so let's take a look at the, the bands that we look at. So we're, we're adding a new band 6, and the band 6 will average 1,250 hours across the two years uh, with a minimum of £1,150. They will be funded at £8,340 for the two years, which is £4,170. And the underlying factor on this is the basic hourly funding rate will be exactly as the study programme, £6.66, £6.67 an hour. So if we look at the band seven, they are an average of 1,450 hours with a minimum of 1,350 to trigger it. And they will be funded at 9,670 over the two years, 4,835 over a single year. The band eight will be 1,600 hours average, minimum of 1,500 funded at 10670 over two years, 5335 over a single year. The band nines will be 1750 hours average, 1650 is the minimum to trigger it, funded at 11670 and 5835 each year. Interestingly, work experience will be an extra on top of this so you'll be funded for the work experience place on top of those hours um, the annual rate will be paid it'll be modified by formula factors um, and you'll be paid half the placement fee but there will also interestingly be separate funds for GCSE maths and English resets um, the hours will include the technical qualification which will take place any extra qualifications which we needed for employment. So, for instance, if um, the area of employment needed, a, say, a health and safety qualification or something that was mandatory within that sector, then that will be included within the tech level. And they've also said uh, 87 hours per year of em employment, employability skills, enrichment and pastoral care. What they're intending to do is that the programme will have a maximum base so effectively if you're delivering a t level that is in a particular sector it will have a maximum band that it will be funded at however if you drop below those hours it can be funded at a lower 
a lower band. So effectively, you're going to have to work out what hours are in the, the band you're teaching and build your programme to deliver that. Uh, the placement funding that they're talking about is £550 for the placement. Um, and that, I presume, will have an industry placement with it with a separate QAN code. And actually, this will have to be recorded as completed by the employer. So there's going to be something in there around that. So it's going to be a, a whole new level of administrative burden placed upon somebody who is coordinating the T-levels. Um the placement has to be with an external employer, and in terms of the duration of the placement, we're looking at a minimum of 45 days, uh, and I think it was 315 hours as the minimum, but they're anticipating that the average will be about 50 days. The learner will have a placement portfolio, and and series of performance criteria set out, and then so signed off by the employer. So again, you've got to have good relationships with your employer, this is actually going to mean a lot of work for both you as a delivery provider in terms of setting up the work experience, in terms of managing the work experience, in terms of ensuring that the portfolio is in place, but it will also carry great demands on your employers and you need to be very, very clear with your employer what those demands are because if they don't get around to completing the, their relevant parts of the portfolio, completing elements of the the return, then it can actually impact on your funding and the actual completion of the T-level by the learner. Interestingly for T-levels, uh, rather than the maths and English resets, if required, being rolled up into the programme of study, they're going to be separate. So although you have to study them, they will be separately funded. The condition of funding won't apply to T-levels because to pass the T-level you will have to have the appropriate levels of English. So if you haven't got a grade four or a level two functional skills as the minimum, then you will have to be involved in maths and English work. But you will be funded at the rate of £750 for each subject and you'll get that funding in the first year. What they're saying effectively about this is, in all the guidance, that not many learners doing T-levels will need both. Uh, there will be a few that will need one. So consider that, put that forward. In terms of the funding factors, um, after the interim arrangements are in place, we'll move on to the, the lagged method and retention will be exactly the same way as it is now. You'll be funded upon completion, but with the T-levels being a two-year pathway, it will be exactly as the linear A-levels are done. The learner will be retained in that first year if they are with you beyond the final working day of June. And what you have to worry about in the second year is that the learner doesn't leach into the second year start period. So they would have to be off roll by about the 11th of September to make sure they're not having the negative impact going forward. So, again, that is something that we need to be very much aware of. And I would suggest that if you are delivering T-levels, you need to be very aware who your T-level learners are what they're doing, what they need to do, and it is a quite a, a substantial administrative burden. In terms of disadvantage, again, this is going to be slightly different for T-level learners. The block one will be the same, it will be based on the postcode and the uplift will be exactly the, the same. But currently for block two, which is based on English and maths at the end of key stage four, currently under the study programme, if you haven't got English or maths, for each instance you get a, there's a £480 
payment into the allocation process which is built in and and that's in place so so it's 960 pound but they said that um for t levels it is much more complicated they need to ensure that the learner passes it so they're actually going to increase this to 600 pound per instance so they will be on a different basis in terms of disadvantage for block two um this could cause some interesting issues for learners who start off on a T level and want to drop down. There's nothing there about a learner transferring from a T level down to a traditional programme of study. So that's something that probably needs to be considered. Um, when you're looking at the T levels that are going to be delivered, um, one of the things that they're talking about is you need to be involved in, with the, the local skills advisory panel, which will be part of your, your city region setup. Um, so they will identify that and if you're looking to deliver T-levels you'll have to go through the process with that skills advisory panel of putting in a, effectively a, a bid to host T-levels uh, and it will be quite a, a long and complicated process. So some of the questions I have going forward is can a learner transfer from a T-level from band 6 to 9 down to a traditional programme and if so what are the implications? in terms of funding, in terms of maths and English, in terms of the whole way that the study programme is handled and what happens there. Will that block two level of disadvantage be dropped down? Um, if we're looking for some learners, it may be the, a three-year pathway with a, a, a year 12, which is a, a transition year of getting better level twos, doing an introduction to level three BTEC, and be ready to transition into a full T level in year 12. So that, that's effectively uh, preparing a learner for that transition, which I'll do in year 13 and 14. The advantage of this is for the year 14s, you've got no reduction in funding for the age. So that could be a way forward, a, a way of increasing your overall numbers and also delivering the right set of T levels. Um, the other thing we need to, to just consider about T-levels that, that they've said is that T-levels will be also able to uh, engage with a large programme uplift. So it will be delivering a T-level plus an A-level, for example. Um, the A-level learner would have to get a B or better in the A-level. The level of pass in the T-level hasn't been decided yet. And then you get the um, the the twenty, the ten or the twenty percent uplift that you do under the normal large program uplift. Also, the level three maths premium will be available for T level learners. So, if you added core maths in there, that would be in place as well. Um, so, again, there's a lot to think out about. T levels will be being delivered from twenty twenty. So, you have to now start thinking about how you will be recording, what it will look like. Uh, it is going to place a whole new burden if you're going to deliver T-levels. So you're going to have to spend some sensible time thinking about how you're going to deliver it, how you're going to record it, how you're going to construct your curriculum and your programme offer and what's the best way around for you. And you're also going to get have to get some really, really good relationships with employers who are prepared to commit a considerable amount of time, effort and quite a bit of their money in terms of the resource they're going to have to allocate for delivering the work experience. T-levels are not going to be an easy option, but they are going to be an option.
So please, I would urge you to read the consultation, go through it, make a few notes, sit down and discuss it as a group, and then have a submission into the consultation to take this forward. The devil, as when the consultation was on the, the shift of the funding formula about three, four years ago, the devil is going to be in the detail. These broad consultations are very, very broad brush approach. It will actually be when we get the, the detailed guidance, we will re realise what the real intricacies are and where we can look at how complicated it is going to be to record and manage that information. It, it is an opportunity, but this is something you're going to have to get right to get the maximum funding from. So again, please, please, please take a good read of the consultation. Please respond to it. Please take this forward. That's slightly longer podcast than we normally have. Um, I'll get back to you again, hopefully with two more before Christmas uh, and then take a break, hopefully to read the information around how the allocation toolkit has been calculated and we can start talking then a little bit about the allocation process. That's all. Have a good one.